It's time to listen in to the stories for Crossroads of Business and Family on the Got Family Show with Carrie Berger. Carrie Berger. Whether you're in the business of your own or want to be, here's Carrie Berger. Hello, this is Got Family, and I am Carrie Berger. And as usual, we are telling stories from the crossroads of business and family. Also, as usual, we start off with what am I doing this week? Uh, so sometimes it seems like where's Waldo, but it's just kind of different. But anyhow, uh, this week I actually took a little time off uh, for the holidays and went with my family to go skiing. And uh, what does it have to do with business and family? Well, first of all, it made me think very clearly. It's the first time I ever skied, by the way, just in case you're wondering. It made me think very clearly about where is my will and do I have enough insurance? Uh, so <laughs> that, was, that was the first thing where the crossroads of business and family and intersected. But the other part was this. It actually made me think of an analogy, and I hope it isn't too hokey, but I I think it is kind of interesting. I I had never skied before, as I said, and what my wife, who has great ski skills, uh, explained to me was that sometimes it's actually easier to turn if you go just a little bit faster than the snail glacial pace that I was trying to ski at out of sheer fear. And um, Eventually, after a, a trial and error, I was able to experience what she was talking about, and she's right. There's something to be said for momentum, uh, something to be said for having some uh, something going on uh, as you're going into that turn, getting a little speed behind you. Well, the same thing goes in business, and I guess that's sort of my point is so much of what we do, not just this week but every week, is working with families and family businesses that are beyond the startup phase. Now, the startup phase is also desperately important, and in fact, in many ways, it's probably the most important because it does not have any momentum. But if you get past that and you start to have some momentum, the ability to make that turn into more success and more opportunities is dramatically improved. I could go ahead and say something that sounds terribly jaded like the rich get richer, but you know what? That isn't really a bad thing. It's kind of true. Those who have gotten past the first wave of the hard stuff and have achieved something, have some momentum to be able to achieve something else and then something else, and it starts to snowball, hopefully, in positive ways. So I guess that's sort of our story in general for this week is, uh, aside from the uh, <laughs> terror of uh, learning to ski for the first time, that my my memories, my thoughts, as I saw my life flash before my eyes, uh, involved the fact that as I look at each of my clients and all the folks I've been in, blessed to interact with over the many years I've been doing this, I see that it's just amazing to me how many more opportunities happen as you get through the first one to the second, to the third, to the fourth. And good begets more good and more opportunities. Some of that, of course, is the is the money that allows you to invest in it so you can make more investments and bigger return. You got a 20% return on a dollar, you got 20 cents. Got a 20% return on $100, you got $20. And keep adding zeros. So that's that's obviously there. But beyond that is the fact that the experience of getting through, starting it up, and getting it going teaches you so much. And you have so much of the, the ground support that's going to be necessary in multiple endeavors already covered with the first, so you don't have to rebuild it for the second, third, and the fourth. So. For those of you who are doing some things in your life and have achieved something, congratulations. And uh, be proud and take advantage of the fact that, indeed, things do get a little easier with more experience. And with some momentum, you will be able to achieve even more than you could the first time.
uh, there you go. That's what I'm doing this week. Uh, and uh, after the break, we'll talk more about today's topic, which I hope you'll enjoy here at the Crossroads of Business and Family, Got Family. And I am Kerry Berger. Soaking in the rain, baking in the sun. Don't quit till the job gets done. That's the only way I know. Don't stop till everything's gone. Straight ahead, never turn around. Don't back up, don't back down. Here it is, the greatest advance in television since color television itself. The ultimate in performance and convenience. So beautiful, it enhances any decor. Clean, modern styling. No knobs or gadgets in sight. But the outstanding feature of this great new color set, the one big feature that sets it apart. It's local. Introducing the Lawrence Television Network. Local Lawrence content, classic television, movies, and game shows, and live broadcasts from Lawrence, Kansas. Watch online at lawrencetv.tv or through your Tiki Live application on your Roku set-top box. Lawrence, Kansas has a new television station, the Lawrence television network at lawrencetv.tv The following program is brought to you in living color Headmaster Salon on 7th Street downtown Lawrence between New Hampshire and Mass Street on, is it the third or the fourth floor? It's the third floor, Jay. The third floor of the 700 Massachusetts Street building right above Hobbs. We do everything from hair services, so cutting, color, highlighting, facial waxing, and we're introducing pedicures and manicures here within the week. Now you should remember the name Headmasters because it's been around for a long time. Yep, uh, we're celebrating our 39th year. We love it. Well, welcome back to downtown Lawrence. We're glad you're here Thanks. and how do we make an appointment well all you have to do is give us a call at 785-843-8808 and make your appointment and do you have a website headmasters on 7th.com headmasters on 7th.com make your appointment mickey colgan and her mother cutting hair as they've done for years and years now on 7th street in downtown lawrence for all your hair care needs it's headmasters salon this is the Got Family Show with Carrie Berger. Follow us online at facebook.com slash gotfamilyradio. No more. That's the only way I know. Welcome back to Got Family. And uh, today we are, as always, telling stories, crossroads of business and family. You know the routine. And again, we're going to talk about things, as we always do, from three points of view. So our little segments are going to be broken into third, personal, financial, and structural. And this time we're going to go ahead and talk about some of those real basics. We're going to talk about wills and trusts and contracts. Well, skip even contracts, just wills and trusts, the basic documents you need to uh, keep your life in order. And yes, it was did come to me as, as I was going down that ski hill. It made me think we should remind everybody of all that stuff. So let's talk about that. Personal first. The personal part, of course, is why do I do this? Meaning, how do I run my life? How do I want to leave a legacy? And when I'm gone, what I want them to remember me for, and how do I make it a positive, not a negative? Obviously, we've seen the movies where the will winds up either bringing the family together or tearing them apart. 
Part of the problem with a will in general is indeed the finality of it. It's the reason why there's other documents we'll talk about structurally that may help a little bit because they are a little more living, more during your lifetime as opposed to at your death. But nonetheless, either way, we're talking about something that is permanent. It's after you're gone is when it's really going to have effect. And what are you trying to say? For most people, they have very definite ideas that they want the family to be brought closer together. But sometimes when they think about what's likely to do that, they have trouble bringing those desires in line with other desires such as, well, but this one needs it more or that one needs something different. And so let's just discuss that from a personal point of view. Let's take, for example, that you're trying to benefit two children that you love very, very much, both of them. One of them has been financially successful and one of them has not. Let's assume neither is in your business, so we're not going to play that factor in because that's obviously another discussion. So they're both simply going to receive their inheritance, whatever that means. The one that has not been as successful financially has probably borrowed money over the course of time, and you've taken care of things as need be to help him or her to be able to be all right. Now the question is, how do you make it fair for both parties? Here's the thing. If you choose to give more to the one who needs it, then you're benefiting them because they need it. It sounds good. It also can feel like for the one who has been successful, it's almost a penalty or a punishment for their success. Wait a minute, let me get this straight. John, we'll use John and Mary, has had challenges and he's not doing so well and made some bad choices. So he's going to receive more and Mary, who has been successful, is going to receive less. She's being punished for her success. It just doesn't feel good. That's not obviously the intent, but how do you express that? And I'll give you the best answer on that, and that is, first of all, express it. Talk to your family. Let them know what you're trying to do and why you're trying to do it while you're still alive, because trying to do it in the form of a document is never going to be the same as looking a person in the eye while you're still very much competent and capable. So, too, is the timing of that conversation. Sooner's better. First of all, you are competent and capable. You're not on your deathbed. But second of all, because you're doing it at a time when there's still time to be able to make adjustments theoretically, and that seems a little more genuine than to say, well, this is already done. It's too late. So on the personal side, that's the first part of the discussion. And we'll talk a little more about that when we get to uh, some of the other pieces in a moment. But first, we're going to take a short break. This is Got Family, and I am Kerry Burke. Got to get it in the ground for the rain come down to get paid. To get the girl and your four-wheel drive. Harris Auto Repair is a family-owned and operated ASE certified repair shop that serves Lawrence and Douglas County. Harris Auto Repair has a six-bay garage to serve all your vehicle needs quickly and efficiently. They understand sophisticated car systems and foreign and domestic vehicles, and their trained technicians are constantly enhancing their education to better meet your car repair and maintenance needs. Make Harris Auto Repair your one-stop shop for all your automotive repair needs. Here's a sample of what they do. Wheel alignments, brakes, mufflers, diagnostics for engine check light, electric window motor repair, engine repair, air conditioning repair and service, coolant flush, custom exhaust system, shock and strut services, tire repair, transmission repair and overhauls, tire sales and installations. Plus, Harris Auto Repair uses oils by Valvoline, Castor Oil, and Mobile One, and they are a Conklin Oil and Lubricant Distributor. Trust all of your auto repair needs to Harris Auto Repair. Call 838-4488. That's 838 838- 
888-888-4488 or visit harrisautorepairinc.com for more information. When you look in the mirror, what do you see? Someone smart, attractive, and successful, right? Is the picture of your business as clear as your image in the mirror? Your business looking glass is Glass Consulting. Edwina Glass is a certified public accountant who specializes in QuickBooks accounting, training, and troubleshooting. Glass Consulting offers monthly accounting services and comprehensive tax preparation. Glass helps people understand their numbers. See your business clearly. Contact Glass Consulting for a free initial consultation. Call 979-8383. That's 979-8383. Glass Consulting. Leveraging technology, simplifying lives. Talking about girls, talking about You're listening to Got Family Radio. Call in toll-free at 844-GOT-FAMILY. That's 844-468-3659. Backwoods legit, don't take no lip. Shoot a back, a shoot a back, a shoot a back, a spit. Welcome back. This is God Family. And uh, we're continuing our conversation of wills and trusts and those sort of things. We talked a little bit about the personal stuff from only one point of view. How do you take care of this question of different people with different needs and at the same time uh, loving them the same? And uh, how do you do that and from a personal point of view? Well, it's bring that right into financial and see if that helps. So let's continue our same concept here. One child, John, needs the money, uh, has not been financially successful. One child, Mary, has been successful. You have X number of dollars. It's not a specific asset like a business. It's going to be turned into something like cash anyhow. How do you divide it up? Financial side. Many people in this situation have, as I mentioned earlier, already helped John, in this case, the one who needed it more. The question is, how do they account for it? Many people will say, well, I'll take it from the inheritance. So if you would have received $100 and you've already received $7 from, well, let's make it a round number, $10 <laughs> from uh, other gifts during your, my lifetime, then your net amount will be something like $90, right? The difference being subtracted from what you got. You can do that math, and that is an appropriate way of looking at it for many people question becomes interest. Uh, do you account for the fact that John received his $10 20 years ago and theoretically with inflation that was worth more? Uh, do you account for the fact that uh, by waiting until 20 years later when you pass that the, uh, the money that he didn't, that he did take impacted both parties theoretically in the value if you subtract the rest of it equally on percentage? So in other words, we would have had that $10 growing using the rule of 72, 7.2% interest over 10 years would have doubled that money. The $10 would be worth $20. And then that $20 would have been doubled again because I said 20 years to make it now worth $40. So effectively, by giving him that $10 that's not there in the business or not there in the investments, then you cost the estate $40 of which he would have gotten 20 and the other child would have gotten 20. Now that that's not there, you've cost the other child at least, like I said, twice as much as what you actually gave him because of the lost opportunity for investment return during your lifetime. 
Gee, <laughs> I said this was the financial part. This is back to being the personal, isn't it? They tie right in. The hard part about the personal and the financial component of this is the fact, and by the way, these are the two hard parts. The third part, the structural, it's relatively easy. But the hard part of this personal and financial part is that it is intertwined. Somehow or another, no matter how much we attempt to separate money from emotions or perceptions of love, it's there. And you almost can't separate it. To some extent, when you say, I'm going to give less to this person, you're saying, in some way, I better have a good reason, or it sounds like I love that person less. And that's not probably what you mean. So trying to figure out how to express that concept is just critical. My advice in this situation is, as I said earlier, figure it out up front and discuss it up front. If you've got the ability to have the conversation while you're still very much strong and young and the activities first going on, the, the first request for a loan has happened, have it at that moment. Say, okay, if we do that, here's what's going to mean. And if you want, call on someone like myself or your accountant or someone who does just straight numbers to say, what does this really cost somebody if it, they get their money now and how does it impact the rest of the family who doesn't get theirs until later? Another easy answer is, and it sounds easy, but it's hard. If there's enough to give $10 to John, perhaps he might consider giving $10 to Mary at the same time. Takes the whole equation out of it. Don't have to figure out interest. They do with it what they're going to do with it. If Mary's capable of investing hers and getting a great return, that's fine. That's her prerogative. If she wastes it or loses it, then that's her choice as well. It does take you out of the picture. That is definitely your easiest answer. If you're going to give a gift to one, give an identical amount to both. If you don't feel there's enough there to take care of yourself, which that has to be your first priority, take care of yourself and your spouse for your own needs. If there's any question about that, then first of all, should you be giving the $10? I realize that John in this example needs it, so you're going to find a way to do it. But in doing so, then if you can't double it to cover both children or quadruple it if there's more children or whatever the number is for your family, then at least make sure that you have thought through the math of the impact on the other children. And if you decide nothing more than it will be a simple $10 that is taken out, no interest and no allowance for the impact on the estate or on the other children, then at least do that with your eyes open and express it honestly to all the children. Say, this is what I'm doing. I'm doing this for these reasons. And I hope you'll understand. Have the conversation. Face their questions or concerns while you're there to discuss it. Because the other choice is if you don't, What's going to happen? <laughs> I'm getting kind of emotional because, quite honestly, I have a dear friend who's facing this exact situation. What is going to happen is that there's going to be a terrible rift between the siblings. There already is because they can see it coming. But no matter how it ends when mom or dad passes and the final estate is cleared, somebody's going to be upset or both parties are going to be upset because too much or too little is accounted for one way or the other because both parties, all parties, have done some sort of mental gymnastics of what they think is fair, and it's never going to be consistent with what really happens because it was never communicated. That lack of communication is going to probably cause those nephews and nieces, the children of these children, to not have the relationship with each other they should otherwise have, and it's just a true shame.
So please, I'm begging, <laughs> talk about it. If you're going to do these things, at least make sure that you do it with uh, not only an open heart and an open mind, but also with open communication so that everybody can know what you're doing and understand the logic so maybe they can deal with it as best they can at least. So anyhow, that's the personal and the financial component of this discussion of how do you equalize my distribution. Now we're going to the structural, which is the easy part, but it's kind of semi-technical. But don't go to sleep, I promise. I'll keep it interesting if I can. Uh, talk to you after a break. This is Got Family. See you in a moment. everyone, this is Crystal with the Crystal Image Photography Studio, tcistudio.com. People always ask me, what makes the Crystal Image different? Why should I come to you? It's hard to summarize, but here's what I wish for you. I want you to have images that you fall in love with over and over again. I want you to have the option of beautiful products that make your family and friends respond when they see them on your walls, whether with a gasp of awe or genuine laughter. The best compliment I receive, and I'm fortunate to hear it often, is how well I've captured the personality, the very essence of the subject. It gives me goosebumps every time. I want you to know that we're committed to Lawrence and are excited to be a growing part of the community. Give us a call today for your complimentary consultation and let us share your story. 785-393-1958. This is my life. This is my love. This is the Crystal Image. Here it is, the greatest advance in television since color television itself. The ultimate in performance and convenience. So beautiful, it enhances any decor. Clean, modern styling. No knobs or gadgets in sight. But the outstanding feature of this great new color set, the one big feature that sets it apart. It's local. Introducing the Lawrence Television Network. Local Lawrence content, classic television, movies, and game shows, and live broadcasts from Lawrence, Kansas. Watch online at lawrencetv.tv or through your Tiki Live application on your Roku set-top box. Lawrence, Kansas has a new television station, the Lawrence television network at lawrencetv.tv The following program is brought to you in living color This is Got Family Radio Got a question? Email Carrie Carrie at gotfamilyradio.com Welcome back This is Got Family and I am Carrie Berger and as I mentioned, we are talking about wills and trusts and separation and equalization of assets for multiple children. And now we're down to the kind of the easy part, which is the structural part. We've used one example. And by the way, I'll probably do the show a second time with a different example because I've just realized I can't cover it all in one 30-minute segment. So we're just going to use this one example. This one example, we're trying to have recognition of gifts that uh, may be made to someone who needed a little more earlier on during the lifetime of mom and dad and we're trying to equalize that with the distribution to all children upon the passing of the last of mom and dad and that's the structural part so let's do it the first part if you use a will as your traditional document if you use a will as your traditional document transfer then what you're doing is you're saying that when i die this document will tell you what it is that i meant it will go through probate because probate means to prove and you're trying to prove what you meant when you wrote this down because you're not here to ask because the will has no legal effect until you pass. 
It's one of the challenges of a will is it doesn't have effect until you die and thus has to go through probate and thus has to be guessed as to what you meant by it. But nonetheless, it's the most common document and it's fine. If you have a will and you're trying to do something more complicated than this dollar to that person, that dollar to the other person, it is probably going to be best that you identify who gets to make this decision. It may mean that you need to have at least a testamentary trust, which means that a trust that is created at the time of your death inside your will sort of comes into play. And that trust then has a trustee, and the trustee has the power to decide how to interpret or apply what you're trying to achieve. So you would say to your trustee, my goal is this. Give as many directions as you can. Obviously, you're not going to do your own at will drafting anyhow, so have your attorney give as many directions as he can or she can. And get those documents in place and give directions. That will work. A living trust would be a better option. The difference between a living trust and a testamentary trust is that the testamentary trust becomes in existence, if you will. It is created by the will. The challenge with a will is that it has no legal effect until you pass. And so that means that neither would the trust, the testamentary trust, have any legal effect until you die. Which means if there's any interpretation or questions that have to be answered, they've got to ask the closest thing to heaven that they've got, which is, of course, lawyers and doctors and attorneys and, and <laughs> judges and all those things. And that, that never works out well. So it's just a probate process and it's a delay and it's an, an opportunity for, for things to go not quite right. A living trust is done during your lifetime. So if there's any questions, they can ask you. And the beauty of that is that when you're setting this up, you wind up with a trustee, uh, probably yourself initially in a living trust, with a co-trustee, somebody else, not you, uh, to be able to help them to know what your intentions are. And you can work through all that. It gives you a great excuse to have those conversations, not only with your children and uh, the rest of the family, but also with the person who's going to be serving as kind of the facilitator for all these decisions. So, back to our story. As you may recall, we had John, who was maybe not quite so financially successful, and Mary, who was more financially successful. And the question was, how were you going to treat them both fairly, even though John had received other assets during his lifetime, and you don't want to harm Mary or punish her for her success? And that's where we got into that neat math about do you allow for the investment return that would have happened and do you uh, charge interest, so to speak, on the loan that has been given uh, to the John during, his, during your lifetime? Or if possible, do you perhaps go ahead and give them both the same amount of money so you don't have to worry about that equalization? Either way, the structure is pretty straightforward. It's uh, If you go with a trust, the beauty of it is your document will simply say, here's the trustee, he's here to benefit these people. That's literally where the trust stops. The documentation is super easy because the discussion about how do you make it equal all happens between you and the trustee, and you write that down and have all sorts of neat notes, but it doesn't have to be subject to all those neat legal documents and the possible misinterpretation. If you choose to use a will, on the other hand, you will have to get into all those neat mathematical calculations to make sure that whoever's interpreting the will can say this is what he meant by that and they're saying that of course when they can't ask you because you're already gone. Enough confusion on that. So the structure should be fairly easy. As a side note, which we will be doing these stories a couple, three more times with different scenarios, um, 
anytime you've got a uh, an estate that has anything of value in it, do take the time to use an attorney every single time. Um, if you try to draft your own will, it's called a holographic will. It's subject to a different set of rules, so to speak, and uh, those rules aren't always pleasant. Uh, I would strongly discourage self-help on this topic, especially where real estate's involved. Uh, real estate has its own set of rules also. You can't effectively transfer real estate uh, nearly as easily as you think you can. And so, again, please use an attorney for this effort. While you're working with that attorney, he or she will also guide you towards sort of the estate planning basics, which probably will include a power of attorney for somebody when you're no longer, no longer able to speak for yourself uh, for both medical matters as well as for legal matters and other documents beyond there. I do want to take one quick second on the medical matters. There's a, a series of cases that go back uh, many, many years ago, and, and, and what they really establish is this. It isn't really a question of whether you should or should not remove life support or have it removed from your own self when certain things occur. That isn't my place to tell you it's right or wrong, but it is your place to make your own decision, whatever that is, and have it be a private decision. The reason why you do these these documents is because whatever decision you make can then be executed without it involving judges and, and perhaps the press. Uh, it's the biggest shame of some of these cases is the fact that we know their names. Um, that should have been such a private matter for their families and really didn't have to be drugged through the courts and didn't have to be drugged through the press. And I don't want your family to be drugged through that either. So anyhow, enough of that. That is today's show. Thank you so very much for your time. Uh, this is Got Family, where we tell stories from the crossroads of business and family. And I'm Kerry Berger. Thanks. See you soon. For more information on Got Family, visit GotFamilyRadio.com and go through the audio and video archives. With each show, learn more about what it means to be at the crossroads of business and family. For all of your questions or ideas, email Carrie at GotFamilyRadio.com. To leave a message for Carrie, call 844-GOT-FAMILY. That's 844-468-3659. This is Got Family Radio. Got Family Radio.